Hello there. Welcome to another edition of Adsum with David Firth. So hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Adsum, where we are going to try and find a couple of insights, a couple of gold nuggets, something that will add something to your life at work or at home. And I'm truly excited to have my guest Heather Cook today, because you'll have all, I'm sure, heard the concept of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, I think this is a, a case of when the world is ready, the consultant will appear. Uh, that's called a big build-up, Heather. <laughs> um, let me and let me let me justify what I've just said by reading out Heather's bio because it's 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 a fabulous uh, bio. Uh, Heather is the principal of Hico Consulting, and we're going to talk about a little later on about what she's offering to businesses and where that name comes from at the moment. But Heather is uh, first of all the 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 letters after her name because way more letters after her name than after mine M A M P H L P C is a scientist integrative systems thinker and a navigator of the individual and collective human experience above all she is a consultant in the traditional sense of gathering the people you know her background in laboratory science public health emergency preparedness and psychology provides her with a unique ability to support individuals and organizations through complex situations. With this combination of disciplines, Heather says, I fuse the art and science of exploration, discovery, and practical application. The result is that a newfound capacity is accessed for the people I work with, which allows both the individual leader and their team to emerge stronger from whatever it is facing. And if the world doesn't need that now, I don't know when it will. So welcome, Heather, how are you doing today? Thank you, David. I'm excited yeah, to well. be here and share this <laughs> one. <laughs> Excellent. And so uh, I uh, went to bed last night and um, I, I like to sometimes give my, I call it great spirit, my subconscious something to work on. And I said to great spirit last night as I'm falling asleep, give me the, give me the best question that I can ask Heather to set this podcast rolling. And here it is. Yeah. And the scenario apparently is that Dr. Fauci, after all this time, has said, I, I'm not going to do any more of these briefings or not for a while. Uh, I'm going to select one person from each state and, and, and these people are going to come forward and say what they have to say. And so imagine, Heather, that you are called and it's your turn now to speak to the nation and tell them something that's going to help them or slap them up the side of the head, whatever it is that we need right now about this whole pandemic and it's, uh, it's, uh, and it's moving forward. What, what would you say when the guy with the microphone says, you're on? Well, talk about big <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first thing that comes to mind is that science Science is about discovery. And, you know, I would definitely echo the public health messages, the basic science information that we have, um, what research and research in the sense of, you know, um, having done certain kind of tests and observed things and what we know about this virus. So definitely echoing that. 
I'd really like to add the component in about taking a moment and discovering what's going on for each one of us in our own minds, our own systems, um, to talk about what's going on in our interpersonal lives and then more at the collective level. And it is almost the same approach and the same process of openness and curiosity, um, bringing that and then coming back with the information that you have to transform it and do something with it. You know, we have talked about um, in the news that there's a lot of mental health crisis going on. And I believe that's true and it's not true. Um, and, And I think to help people through that and kind of frame that is one thing that I would definitely bring to the forefront and asking people to take a moment for themselves. Um, We definitely have a medical, you know, from the actual infection. Um, We have a healthcare system. We have an economic, we, this is all in context of all the social justice um, aspects of what's happening in society and globally right now. And we all have our personal journey. So how to navigate that is where I would take a moment and ask people to pause. Terrific. And, and, and you said there that the, we, you think it's true and not true. Is, it, is that what you have said about the mental health? As a mental health crisis, that we're in the middle of a mental health crisis. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> so where is that, where is that true and not true? I mean, because I, I, you know, I can bring to mind, well, yeah, even as I bring it to mind, I'm thinking, well, is, the, is that caused by the pandemic? I can bring to mind somebody close to my family who is clearly not having a good time in the mental, psychological aspect. But then again, even as I begin to bring that story out, you know, there were probably, yeah, that person probably was not having such so great a time, you know, even before this whole thing kicked before. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I should go ahead and say, had I put that out there at a press conference, I think it would have been a huge risk. Um, And I think right now to name that we are in, we're at an edge in so many different ways. Um, So that it's pretty risky right now and to put this out there. And people like to fragment it into, oh, this is the virus and the infection. There's this problem, there's this problem. And then there's been the term mental health crisis. And I you know, it's interesting when you think of mental health crisis, it's kind of what you talked about, David. Someone's having a problem. Yes. Um, and we do know that anxiety has gone up um, for some people. Some people already had anxiety. Some people have, their anxiety is lessened because the pace of life has changed. It's actually a different story for each one of us. Um, yes. What is going on? But we have traditionally looked at mental health equals there's a problem that needs to be resolved and fixed. And if there's nothing else people take away from today, the idea of mental health, I wish there was another word. It's so limiting with our, not just stigma, but our preconceived notions and how limited it is. And looking to expand that. So when I say there is a mental health crisis and there isn't, there are people absolutely struggling before this pandemic where it's exacerbated. Like I said, some people it's shifted. Other people have never run into such struggles before, and it does feel new. But there's also, in all of this, there's a growth for some people. You know, some people are falling into a void. It comes and goes. And then there's also this 
newness that's emerging. People are getting in touch with their values um, of what's important to them, truly important to them, what kind of life they want to live. And you and I have talked about it, this idea of the hero, the heroine's journey is happening individually and collectively. So that's yes. what I mean about there is and there isn't. Definitely want to honor the struggle, but also create space and hold the space that this could be part of a process. And also there can be a boon um, yeah. and good stuff can emerge. Yeah, exactly right. And, and you're right, you and I share this love for the hero heroine journey model or approach or way of thinking about our lives and central to that is this idea of you know the thing that you're facing right now whether it appears to you like a struggle or a problem or an opportunity or whatever is the thing that is going to be a threshold yeah um to yeah. something new yeah or you called it the edge earlier on yeah that yeah yeah and that would be that would be a good message to hear from <laughs> out there in the consciousness you know there's something for us to learn from all this clearly there are you know when we view it as a problem and the people who are ill from it and so on that is a problem to 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 face into and what are the opportunities and what is the growth and what is the possibility out of all of this yes yeah 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 tell, tell us more about mental health because you're absolutely right and you and i've talked about this before you know the yeah, I, I, I am a product. I mean, not only are you saying that there is, you know, for, for a lot of people, when the term mental health is used, our minds immediately go to some sort of issue or problem that that person is having. And, and you and I have talked about the fact that I come from, you know, that that background, that conditioning. But you you take a much broader sense of the concept of health, health uh, mental health, yeah? Yes, I think... Ultimately, it's exactly how we, gosh, it's not even how our internal system functions. It is the collective of how our brains think. Um, you want to take the neuroscience to thought patterns, our emotional, our emotions, our responses, our physiological sensations and how that leads to feelings. But then also this more what people call the soul level, that purpose, um, a global sense. So incorporating all of that, which is not new. We talk about the mind, body, spirit. A lot of people out there speak to that. But with yes. mental health in this more expanded way, it is... All of that, it's how we see the world, but it influences absolutely every second of how we interact with ourselves and the world. So, I mean, there's yes. nothing more essential um, yes. than to understand this um, and understand it, not just at that intellectual level. There is a place for that, and there's tons of books and programs out there, um, but really that visceral sense, because ultimately we all have to be with ourselves. And then yes. how, do we, how do we do that well, yeah. even in the midst of struggle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. And, and I, I truly believe that this, one of the things that this whole thing is about is we've been forced to be with ourselves <laughs> a lot. <laughs> we've been forced to realize, uh, you know, the voices inside the head sort of thing, you know, so that's yeah. the thing. And it's so true. I'm just just exploring more about this this sort of broader definition of mental health away from that old condition of, you know, there's, there's some sort of mental health problem. Because if you think about a business and business, you know, businesses 
you know, you know what, how much is produced out of the mental health of their people, including their innovation, you know, their ideas, their productivity, their uh, engagement, you know, all of these things are a product of mental health, mental well-being or otherwise, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You think about it, clarity and creativity. Yes. Right? That is highly influenced by so many factors of what's going on in your life and how resilient you feel towards that. Um, and even there's a place for us to have a conversation about, hmm, what does resilience recovery look like at this <laughs> point? Um, yes. But... You know, it, it influences our interpersonal interactions. So if you think about being an organization or a company, your interpersonal interactions and how that influences your decision making of yes. your willingness to do something. Yes. Um, to yeah. if you're in survival mode from a neurological point of view, like if we're worried or whether it's, you know, meeting basic needs and about our paycheck or worried about belonging to a group, any number of needs that don't feel like they're getting met. Our brain is using up a ton of energy. Our system is trying to attend to that, to feel, do whatever you need to do to lessen that threat to us. So one, people will engage in patterns that people are like, oh my gosh, I don't like this about this person. And that can create interpersonal, you know, rifts, but also in the mind space to have the creativity and innovation, the energy is not there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like a computer having all these programs on that feel like they have to run in the background that's sucking out the the energy of the computer system. So right. when you're working on something you really want to, or you're like yes. really into this program, it's like, come on, it's not quite there. Um, and, and it still might function. And here's the other part that's worth talking about is for so long, we've talked about if you can function, it must be okay enough. Right. right. And so, yes, the computer program might be working, but you're like, oh, it's lagging or be glitchy, or you're like, ah, oh, it's not, it's not really in its full capacity. So that's the other aspect of it that I'm coming to at this moment is, you know, to be able to have access to full capacity, that some part of you isn't shut down, that some part of you isn't being um, sucked into this abyss of your mental, emotional energy being taken away from you that you feel less than whole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's a great time to talk about the, the sorts of things that you're suggesting, uh, and not just businesses, but organizations and institutions, healthcare, education, uh, and business, of course. But looking at that whole aspect, because something you said there about Hey, just because we're functioning, <laughs> just because the computer is still showing me that I can type a bit more into this word doc, doesn't mean to say this this thing is functioning at its at its best. And I think I just wonder how many organisations of all sorts out there are experiencing people who have never had a chance to come down off this edge, perhaps. Yes, um, and we definitely have extra layers now more so than ever of having to feel like you're on the edge at yes. many organizations and companies, not all of them, but many of them. And I should say, um, even if situationally things are going well, it doesn't mean that it feels like it is on the inside for certain people, right? Cause this has to do with our own history and background of how we interpret how things happen. 
or how we interpret the pressures of yes. a job. Even if things are going well, now let's see if more pressure because your company has to produce more to respond to something. Um, yes. You know, yes. so again, getting away from the good and bad and functional, not functional, the, these dichotomies, and yes, we'll talk about a spectrum, but I'm not sure they serve us anymore. And no. in functional and getting through our days, kind of what we want. Is that how we want to live? Because it, it can lack an aliveness and a vitality and the sense of meaningfulness and and joy. Um, yeah. And there's different types of happiness too. You know, it's not always about pure happy, woohoo happy. There's different yeah. types. And it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean it's not going to be sad or anxiety provoking or confusing. But we can do those things better and we can do them well, even if they're uncomfortable. Yes, yes. And, and that's, I think, at the, my understanding from our conversations is at the heart of your approach is that willingness to look at, you know, the, the darker side of, of our experiences, the, the, the struggle, the pain, the doubt, the, because that's, the, that, that's all tr as true as any optimism, <laughs> faith, hope, um, resilience that we might grow out of, out of the other side, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're helpful for us to be able to converse about them, for our brains to conceptualize them, but they're yes. a big mishmash inside of us. Yes. None of us are fully, what do you call it? Like, you know, it's not all good or all bad or all struggle and pain and then all hope and optimism. Um, and everything actually has its purpose. That's the important thing to say is from where I come from is it all has its purpose. And the fact is if it's the truth of someone's experience, let's go with that because we live typically in yeah. a society that you kind of feel like it should be a certain way or I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to show this part of me. And, you know, yes, there's personas and times and place for different aspects of our personality, but yes. to be able to have the space to look at it as the truth of our experience, respect it, honor it, and not get stuck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And I, at the same time, I'm thinking, I can't think of many organizations I've been around over these 30 years who have like welcomed conversation about suffering as a source of growth you know this is supposed to be this sense of everything's fine <laughs> you know play the national anthem everything is going to be fine you know um but it yep because, and I think I would, I'm just thinking out later, I wonder if it's because, you know, one of the purposes of constructing an organization is to create this sense of control and order, realistic as that might be, you know, the, the organization that we've constructed promises this sense of sustainability and success into the future sort of thing. And therefore anything that tries, anything that might undermine that construct, you know, may not be so well. So, yeah. Yes, I think that's a big component. And then that speaks to, again, you wouldn't typically put under mental health, but mm. it speaks to the leadership, depending on where they are at. Think about the ripple effects 
of the decisions they make based on whether it's this sense of control or based on their own perceptions. Um, yes. You know, yes. what's the ripple and trickle down effect of that? And yes. to me, that definitely falls under what we call mental health, even though, I would, again, maybe we should come up with a new word, David. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> we, we can absolutely do that. In the last decade, people go towards wellness. And it's like, yes, but no. Yeah. Uh, because we, we kind of swung the other way to like, woohoo, you know, that, you know, it's yeah. all going to be good and fine and let's work towards that. Um, of course, we wanted things to be good and joyful yes. and happy. That's <laughs> not saying no to that. But when you think about that, it's pretty amazing. Um, sure. That that yeah. mental health and wellness and everything. We haven't come up right. with the next step. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I go back long enough to know that you know when when, when stress management was a relatively new thing in business. Mm -hmm. You know, the, this sort of acknowledgement that some people get stressed and maybe we should do something about that. You know, um, I'm talking here the late '80s, early '90s, um, and and then you know gradually through I think thinking about corporate culture, there was this move towards um, yeah. Wellness, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of you know, organizations being constructed with a with a gym as well as the in-house restaurant. And then I remember in the first of the internet booms, organizations that would do your laundry uh, of your gym kit and bring it back to your desk. The subtle implication that you might never have to go home, <laughs> yeah, which always struck me as a sort of a is that a benefit in my employment that I never get to go? <laughs> I don't know. But then, but then, but seriously, you know, I, I have seen mental health in some conferences recently. But it, again, I think it's it's more on this idea of, you know, let's let's find a way to cope with that thing that we don't really want to look at. I would agree. Yeah. Especially from a business point of view, that's typically how it is, is either that or let's work on this or optimize it for the sake of productivity in the office rather than the person. And not to say that people don't care about other people within their, yeah. their group and their company. I'm not saying that, but as a collective organization in terms of approach, yes. the intention behind it has yeah. to do with what's the output. Yes. Um, and I would say there's something changing because of COVID that we've spoken about that now it, there's something about it's okay to not be okay. I know NAMI put that out, National mm -hmm. um, Alliance for Mental Illness. Um, that message has been there. There's even at work, like what people checking in, what do you need yes. um, the, in healthcare? For the first time, really, it has been okay for it to be difficult to be in the healthcare field and the stigma has dropped away. We are at another edge and hopefully one that we take flight with rather yes. than fall off the edge um, in this case. Or it might take us falling off a little bit and then the parachute comes and gets pulled and saves, you know, we go back up. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> just totally possible and that's often part of a process right we we all have to get pushed over before we actually do something sometimes yeah um yeah yeah 
it is. I, I, I absolutely agree with you, and I truly hope that there are enough of us, there are enough of us as individuals, and there are enough organizations, institutions to really say this is not just the problem to get over and get back to normal. It's an edge to something, to the next level of our operating, you know, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly saying to all the clients I can get, get on the, on a Zoom call at the moment, this thing was not sent to teach you how to use Zoom for your business. It was, it's bigger than that. Yeah. If you can, if you can find that you can keep your organization productive through Zoom, good for you. But surely, <laughs> surely this thing has got more to it than that. And, and the only way you'll know if that's true or not is to, we need to talk about it. We need to find space to talk about it. Yes. And the shared experience. Absolutely. The shared experience and having those meaningful conversations. Um, and one thing I would put out there, you know, people are, is that there are people that are feeling this shift. Um, the permission of everybody around the world is in some way being affected, I think has given permission for a certain vulnerability. Yes. Um, and then there's a sense of it and I've heard it, but I don't know if people know the, the how to bring this into their daily life or what to do or how to shift when you're, if you are in a company and saying, actually, you know what, we always write people centered in our mission statement, yes. but we haven't carried that through. And maybe it was not at the top of their radar or was what we just talked about. It's about outcome yes. and productivity, or there's this history of stress management, but it could be that there are people ready for this and don't know. So what does this look like and how, how yeah. do we do this? Cause this is new. This would yeah. be a newer mindset. So what would you suggest if you were, if you were starting work tomorrow with an organization and you could fill in the details for this mental exercise, you know, but what, what, what process would you be asking them to, or would you be leading them through facilitating? So talking to those that work that oversee people, definitely important because we have an impact on each other. And as much as I want to say, we all, we are all, you know, as humans have the same value, but then hierarchical systems, there is someone who has some more power and control. Yes. Um, so speaking to leadership, understanding where they're coming from, what is it that they understand of how they are working from the inside, how they perceive threats, what brings them joy and flow in their work, um, understanding all around how does this impact other people? Um, while also from everybody in the organization, not just saying, Hey, how are you? Um, what is there something we can do is coming up with an assessment, understanding an assessment of how do you find out and measure and ask the right questions so you can understand what is going on for people? Mm -hmm. How do you make it individual, but also understand it at the group level but in that assessment, understand the needs. And when I say needs, we go to usually a task or something one-off that we can do for you. When I talk about needs, I'm talking about the human needs of right. connectivity, of feeling respected, of feeling protected, of feeling understood, of feeling heard and seen. Those kind of needs 
Um, yes. Because whether it's the virus itself or the social distancing and isolation or demands from the workplace or from home or kids having school at home or just the idea of anything that struggle, you're struggling with politically or like, is there an economic global collapse that might happen? Mm. And all of yeah. that, yes. really all of the stuff that's happening is kicking up something in every single one of us. Yes. But we don't have good spaces to go to, no less in the workplace. And I'm not saying it should be this big conversations every single day, but I think there needs to be an understanding. And then how, as an organization or company, can you be there and support people? And you'll be amazed at the way that people yes. need it or how they take it in and how they feel respected and have those needs met. Yeah, because I because what I'm hearing here is that there are at least two levels of, of these needs, you know, you, you call them the human needs, but, and then the task needs. And, you know, I can imagine, you know, human resources saying, well, we do, you know, we've been very flexible about childcare. Yes. And that's probably true, because if you ask somebody what's their biggest, ask a young parent, I guess, what their biggest need is right now, probably some sort of childcare related thing. Yes. But that doesn't touch the other needs underneath, which is, you know, because, you know, what exactly is going on for you when you think about not being able to protect your child or take care of your child or be there for your child or focus on your work, knowing that your child's okay or whatever. And you're pointing to those needs, yeah? Yes, and what gets, where it gets very individual to each organization and company, it's individual to the people that have influence, managers, um, yeah. leadership, is that we all have a different um, cutoff point of what we believe a company should take care of and what people take care of on the outside. And are we needing to look at that and understanding our preconceived notions, our willingness? Is there something inside us that yeah. if we're jammed up about that we don't allow other people to have? Yes. Um, so spending the time on that yes. as well as the entire staff. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and understanding, you have to understand them, what is doable um, and when we say doable, you again, there's creativity there about what does it mean um, to feel heard and seen? Can you do it differently? And the great thing is that all of these things carry over beyond COVID. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and, and when we've talked about, you know, people say, like, can we emerge stronger from this? And yes. how do you not just make that, again, a tagline? It's that's the kind of stuff is that if we're pushed into having to look at this, Yes. You either, and we do have a choice. We can either avoid it and continue as regular or just getting by, or we could address some of the issues. Yes. And I don't want to say issues, address the human needs. Um, yes. That carries way beyond what it's going to be for the next year, 18 months, whatever this does look like. And, and, it, so, and it deepens and supports into the yeah. future. When it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have I have an example come to mind of that. I was talking to somebody the other day who was talking about a frontline worker at their place who had, uh, you know, just volunteered the feeling that they felt hugely, um, I think the word might have been looked after, phrase might have been looked after by the company concerned during this COVID crisis, yeah? And, and I think what you're saying is that that feeling, whatever that feeling that person exactly has that he named as, he or she named as, I felt very looked after by my company during this COVID crisis, will maintain long after COVID as a, hopefully a memory. 
exactly connection yeah yep again you use the word the connection yes yes yeah and and again i i my other thing about this covid thing is this i think it's sent to teach us about being with ourselves and also the true quality of connection yes connectivity is part of it but not the whole thing yeah terrific so what brought you here heather what that that fabulous resume of yours with all those letters after your name and what What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a little girl what did you want to be when you grew up um so if i remember correctly (laughs) at first i wanted to write children's books Uh in elementary school and then in high school um i had a real big interest in architecture oh until i took a mechanical drawing class and realized i could not put that into practice still love it appreciate it um and then i got really interested in um dna something we couldn't see but had all this information about who basically who we are something we can't see and who we are um and that just totally fascinated me um so infectious diseases and then i went in um to undergrad um getting a degree in genetic engineering and at cedar crest college in allentown pennsylvania um (laughs) great experience there and minored in mathematics because there's a beautiful elegance i loved about that and for me that process um you know people like to talk about science as being this kind of cold and heartless you know you just repeat the stuff and it's for me it's not it's you're in a whole plane of possibilities mm-hmm. and it's fun so i had a great time trying to figure out where i was going to go um, what i wanted to do with it definitely was into infectious diseases yes. back i don't know how many decades ago now um <laughs> went and then decided to look at public health because what i didn't understand at the time was my brain couldn't balance out this micro micro very very small you can't see it but then we have these large scale systems, right. right? So what I was trying to do was navigate small individual stuff. And then, you know, what I know now, and I call the collective at the larger scale level. So I went ahead, um, went to public health school in New York city at Columbia, um, worked during that worked in some labs. I did some community based research and then worked for the New York city health department. And that happened to be during novel H1N1, so about a decade ago when it was swine flu. Um, people called it, and again, it was a very different experience than what we're having now. Um, right. But I still remember it and had a huge influence and had a little bit of an existential thing for me of like, what am I going to do when something very big happens? And wow. you know, globally, and like, and when this is a a bug that is more transmittable or it is yeah. um, more virulent, meaning, you know, it's going to do more harm, even though no mm-hmm. quite a bit of harm had been done. So pandemic number one, a decade ago, I kind of looked at what really mattered. I looked around at the staff and I was like, wow, we're all kind of, you know, it was just an experience. It was a readjustment. We were kind of disor- disorganized, like by this thing that happened internally, you know, not, structurally organizationally but then um and i was like what really matters 
Mm. You know, how do you go back sitting at a desk? And I had all these questions for myself. Um, You know, I was really big into, again, infectious diseases, but was split between the human factor of things. Um, I tried to go to grad school in London at the School of Tropical Medicine. And I was joking around. It was probably the best rejection letter. They were like, we'd love to have you, but we don't have anybody on staff with your interest that has an opening. Um, I was devastated for about two days because again, I love this kind of when you can't see it, but it's having this huge influence on the system and parasites do that. Um, And then I kind of had a, you know, just a lot of meditating and thinking. And I was just like this mental health thing. You know, it's like fundamentally, and I, I, I wasn't saying mental health, but like we talked about how I was visualizing it, it's yes. more expanded. And I was like, I need to go. I worked at the public health big level. I'm like, okay, let's go back to understanding individual psychology, went back to school, um, love learning, mm-hmm. uh, came out <laughs> here to Colorado, went, actually went to Naropa. So again, a lot of almost yeah. opposites and trying to navigate the polarities to realize they're not really as polar as we think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, always had them in the back of my mind that when, whether it's a disaster or my mind still was always thinking about the pandemic that might happen that everybody always used to laugh at when I said, we better be prepared. Um, you know, there was going to be a moment in history. I wasn't sure what it was that we are going to have to move away from this idea of individual therapy. Not that that's not great and there's a place for it, but how are we going to do this collectively? Um, Because it's, there are so many ways to um, be with and attend to and attune to people's well-being and mental Mm -hmm. states and all of that. So that's Mm -hmm. short story. (laughs) everything that looks sporadic right but there is actually um an intention and a a seen need and then taking that step in that direction and now it's all just kind of integrated in my my mind and my system yeah and you and i go back a few years now and we've had lots of conversations over the years and i i I think you know i know what i've said to you before I've, i've had the midlife crisis you don't need to have my second midlife crisis was that why did I do all that I should have you know should have been more focused I should have had one path and not all this sort of you know somebody will say I'm sporadic and God don't make up you know sort of thing you know? and the and the outcome of that midlife crisis was no it's perfect for what I'm here to do right now <laughs> and I think that's true for you yeah yep. yeah yes excellent yeah. excellent so what else what else would you like to share? The green light um, is still on outside the White House there and the cameras are still filming. Are we going to be okay? We need to either redefine or define what do we mean by being okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some people you know, I think that's, that's it. What does it mean to be okay? What does it mean to during? And also if we want to look at it, like, okay, once it's over, which we don't know where the threshold is for over, and we might all individually, depending on where we live, depending on our personal health conditions or our families, when it feels quote unquote over for us. Um, 
the idea of what does recovery look like? How do yeah. we do this? Because we don't know when that even is, right? There's no quite light. That's something, that, that's something that's been a light bulb for me in our conversations in the past is you, you, you said that a lot of the sort of thinking about like disaster recovery and all is based on the idea of something having a finite end. Is that, am I right? Yeah, it's a single point event, right? The hurricane right. comes through the town. Yes. Um, earthquake happens. Um, even an, a, a bombing event happens. It's a T minus zero came over, went over within moments or yep. days. Yes. And um, that's not this. And now we recover. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be worth some collective reflection. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've just been struck over the last couple of days of just from some individual conversations I've had and of course what's what's happening out there in the in the media you know what what seems to be kicking in right now is this somehow ignore it you know put it away and whether that's the you know kids that see you boulder determined to have parties and I, and I feel for them <laughs> I mean what the hell would you go to university just to study I mean I feel for you but you know but this idea of you know let's let's pretend it's over or finishing or or whatever and and I'm not saying that from a place of you know because you know it could it could all flare up again but just this idea of whenever we try to ignore something you know we're missing the richness of what's there for us in that thing hmm. Yes, but I will say I think there's a few steps before being able to turn towards or to be with the thing. Sure. And, and that's where our individual histories of what feels, I don't know, lack of a better word, safe or not safe. And yes. whether we feel we can handle it and tolerate it, or do we have to do the ignore, avoid, and let's pretend it's not going to happen and just keep moving forward. And if it does, oh, darn, I'll have to deal with it then. Yes. Um, yes is how do we create the, the space, and this is where the interpersonal connection matters, so that someone can move towards that in order to turn towards and address there is this thing that's not so great or okay. Right. Um, and, right. and what's our responsibility either societally or in our one-on-one our -on -one relationships or in our small groups to help create that? Yeah. Um, and then also how to be able to interact, understanding where you can start to understand where someone's coming from, right? You can meet the human need of being seen and heard in the other person, but then also be able to say, this is where I stand and this is what I see and I matter here too. And then how do we do this together? Right. Yeah. Rather than either, you know, there's all different ways we handle it. Some people will be like, Oh, I understand where you're coming from. And they kind of, what we'll say is give in or don't have boundaries. Right. And then other people will be so hot, you know, set in what they, they, the way they think or want it to be. And they just, that's it. And nothing else seems to matter. And yes. then there's a whole in between. Yes. And how do we help with the in between? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you're right. So, so there's a, there's a whole, you know, Rather than pushing somebody up against the 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 thing, there, there there has to be a sensitivity. There has to be a flexibility. There has to be a 
uh, care. Yeah. In, in, in awareness of how we how we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that you know, there's a skill set for that. Yeah. Um, and it's not just purely learned. Here's the languaging. Here's the type of question to ask. That's part of it. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand yourself. Yes. And then how do we act? You know, people talk about active listening sure. and that is a big part of it. Sure. Um, you know, I, what's coming to mind is I was working with someone and they were in a lot of distress. And then, you know, the, when we're close, when it was more at the stay at home phase yeah. and just that feeling of being trapped and that, but then there was a conversation about, they're like, well, I really shouldn't go to the store. And I said, well, at what point is a 15 minute walking around target? If it's going to relieve this much anxiety that you physically don't, you know, like, do we have to send you the emergency room or not? If that's going to, cause it was stress, we were clear it was stress and not a medical condition. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, like at what point, is it that you go ahead and take that walk in a safe, socially distanced way around Target because you know that will help you, but then other people might be like, you shouldn't leave your house for anything unless it's absolutely <laughs> That's right, yeah. right, so how do we, and again, whether this is in the workplace or in our everyday lives or, you know, family's always challenging, for sure, but <laughs> our friend and family, is how do we take, like, oh, let me see what's behind this and see if that changes anything. If it brings a, a tenderness or a softness or an understanding that there is a connection with someone. And then if there is something to be worked on or so problem solved, you can do that differently. There's a different sense about it and you probably right. will get to a different solution as yes. well. You know, it, it, it's what I'm talking a lot about is process. Yes. The outcome matters too. We're not putting that to the side. It's just people focus so much on outcome. That's why I'm not focusing on it so much. But it does matter. It does matter. Yeah. yeah. But you're saying that the whatever we whatever results from the walk around socially socially distanced walk, safe walk around target, whatever comes out of that, we'll deal with it when we've done that. We won't know by guessing or predicting or hypothetically anticipating yeah. it from, from inside here. Right. And the awareness and the, the, the internal tensions that we have, right? So we have tension with other people. All of us have some kind of tension up through maybe big conflict yeah. interpersonally. Um, but then also I would say there's a relationship to society as a whole. And that's very in the forefront right now, what you believe about certain topics and how people are handling them. So yeah. this person, it's like, what is the need of this person? And then, you know, it might bounce up, uh, bump up against some, what is being put out there as the right and proper way to be. Right. right? So yeah. it's how do you come at it to have at least some kind of understanding that leads to intent and being safe and doing things as well as you possibly can sure. um, in, in difficult situations. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I know you have of a feeling about, you know, it's beginning to happen now, the whole kids going back to school thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is that feeling? <laughs> 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 what is that thought? Well, if you talk about 
competing values, right? This is one of the biggest aspects of it. So one of the things I'm recommending to people is to get really clear about what you value and not the typical, my friends, my family, or my career. That's not what I'm talking about, but getting to the nitty gritty, because right now, a lot of things are in competition with each other, right? It's easy when something you value versus something you don't value, you know, what direction and choice to make. Um, and that this, the issue about schools is we're trying to make one decision for a lot of people who have different needs, whether it's even from teachers, administrators versus students. And there is the health aspect of it, but then there's the, the impact on the kids. What does this look like and what does it do? Um, and at different stages yes. by the loss of the social interaction, um, yes. what's the impact of that or the loss of an academic year and even the loss of an academic year. How do you value that? Like, where does that stand with, you know, the academic learning versus the social emotional aspect versus being more um, socially distant that there's a health thing. So if you have a child with a chronic health condition, that's different. Or if you're going, if you have grandparents that live with you, um, or if you have kids that, you know, there's a self-esteem component that could come with it for the teens they're in a state where they get their feedback and they're developing their sense of self by bumping up against, by hearing feedback from friends, even though we all know how difficult those years are, you know, there's this interaction that needs to happen that without that, there's a, there's been a loss of a sense of self and then there's reactions to that. So how do you sit down and, and it's not a full on calculation. That is a numbers calculation, which I think we all wish we had, you put it in and then, Boom, right, school yeah. not go to school, but every family's gonna have a different one. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but to I would encourage anybody who goes and either like they absolutely should stay home, this is ridiculous, the whole country, or like send them all back and whatever will be will be. Whenever we're at one end of the spectrum or another, when there's a strong yes, no, black, white, never always, that's when we know we're being usually usually it means we're being pretty reactive. And we're not being with the present thing that there's something that's kind of taken over us and, and it's time to step back and understand what's going on for you, that you're making that kind of decision and mapping it out and landscaping. What are we looking at here? What's important? What do we need to consider? What do we need to consider now and long-term? And it's more than just pros and cons lists. There's nuances, there's different weights to different values. Um, but to be, you know, I think that we have to support the teachers and the administrators as well as the students because there is potential for long-term. There is going to be a long-term impact. The question yes. is, is it going to be long-term negative? Even if it's hard now, and it's remember, it's not hard. So let's put this out there, is that some kids are doing extremely well not going to school. Then we have a socioeconomic riff of kids that can't do online school for any number of reasons, access to internet or parents being around, working, that's right, that that's bringing that to the forefront. Um, You know, we, it's not all good or all bad, but instead of just using those words, oh, it's not all good or all bad, or there's no one answer, again, moving away from those taglines and getting clear about what it is for you and your so your family. 
Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I love what you said there. And, and it just made me think, and let's not go into this, otherwise we'll be here all day. Well, this one, but how much our world triggered us, triggers us to get into those extremes, those polar, polar opposites of yeah. send them all back or, you know, um, or uh, no, 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 don't, don't take the kids to school thing. And it's just, it's, if we're not careful, we miss what you're saying is that, first of all, where's the nuances of all of that? And secondly, what's right, what's true for us in our little part of the system here? Yeah. Yeah. Because we all have to, you know, when it's quiet or when you're up at three o'clock in the morning, it's you that you have to talk to and listen to and yes. be with. Yes. So, That's right. so there's something to be said that even if it did not turn out anywhere of how you had hoped or wanted to say, you know what, I was, some people may say authentic. I was true to myself. I followed my values, whatever phrase works for you. There is some internal peace that can come with that. Yes. Um, yes. When we know that. Yeah. And, and I think it's hard to deal with uncertainty. Right. So again, it's like, just give me an answer. Even if it's not one I like, at least I have an answer. Yes. Um, yes. And yes, there's logistics that we have to plan, right? Sure. Parents had to pl- have to plan, and things keep yes. switching and changing, and, and th- that I'm not at all downplaying. Um, but even. No, but we've been in training for that. You know, if, if you think of all of these things, and I was thinking about your, you know, the, the H1A1 experience you had being a, almost like a training ground for you for this one that was yeah. you were anticipating would come, you know, and so to you know, going back to the idea of organizations, institutions dealing with challenges like this, they've been in training for years to have to get really good at the logistical side of things. You know, we can, we, we have supply. I was joking with one of my clients who's in supply chain at the moment. You know, we've never heard the word supply chain so much as on, as on the TV at the, <laughs> at the moment, you know, because we've got very good at supply chain. Supply chain on one level holds the, holds the country together. This is a training for another aspect of all of that, you know. So to get distracted by the how we're going to be, you know, how we're going to make the supply chain work, we don't need to worry about that. We're good at that, you know. But the other stuff is we're not so accomplished at is this. These yes. Conversations that matter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what you're saying, I'm going to go even bigger. Is that you know, there's a lot of stuff that has always been in the background that's just coming to the foreground. Um, yeah. You know, I. I joked around is when I was in public health school, you know, my family's like an epi what? Right. And now epidemiologist, you type this, <laughs> right? EPI, yes. and it types an epidemiologist when you're texting someone, right? It's That's it's right. commonplace now, it's understood. Um, so I think knowing that these things are there in the background, they've always been there. Yes. Um and then also being able to go big and understand the global and then not understand, tap into that, which has a sense of overwhelm right there. And that's the thing is we're talking about is how to manage that sense and then being able to come back in and say, okay, but in this moment, like what, what is it that I do know how to do? Okay. This is much more manageable and doable. And then giving yourself space to feel the overwhelm and be with it and let all that chaos, because out of chaos, you know, something new will emerge. Yes. Yes. But you have to feel safe 
There needs to be some support along the way. There has to be some parameters so that you don't feel like you've fallen again off the edge into the abyss. Yes. Um, but even if you do, then how do you come back into the light? Right. Cause it's going to happen. I mean, this idea that we'll never fall into that, um, is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, or look at how much or how many like things we put in place to try to make everything not fall apart and how that's limited us. Yes. That's the other thing. Yes. Wow. Terrific. Talking of support, Heather, how can we learn more about your work in the world? Where can we get in touch with you? Um, online. Yep. Um, transformationattheedge.com. Um, transformationattheedge.com. All one word, all lowercase. All lowercase, um, no spaces straight through, yep. merged together, um, is where I have some more information about this. Terrific. Yeah, I know you've got a great LinkedIn profile as well, Heather A. Cook. Yeah. Yes. Terrific. Thank you, Heather, for your time today. Fascinating stuff. Really enjoyed it. I did too. (laughs) Good. (laughs) That matters. (laughs) Even for an introvert, I I enjoyed this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You take care. Thank you. you Bye, David. Bye-bye.